1: Missoula Sports Center.
2: Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel,
1: Colton Uwanis. Here's a little bit of sports news for you. Ed Califat, an Anaconda Copperhead basketball legend and star player for the Minnesota Golden Gophers as well as a first-round pick for the Minnesota Lakers in the NBA, passed away on Monday at the age of 86. Califat was named the number 19 greatest sports figure from Montana by Sports Illustrated in SI's last issue of the 20th century in December of 1999. Califat was a three-time All-State selection at Anaconda, leading the Copperheads to the 1948 state title and scoring a school record 1,636 points, a mark that stood for 59 years. After three years at Minnesota, he, uh, as the starting center, Califat was the number 9 overall selection by the Lakers in the 1954 NBA draft. The 6'6 center averaged 7.1 points and 5.7 rebounds per game in his three seasons in the NBA. On the heels
0: of back-to-back Big Sky Conference championships and NCAA tournament appearances, the Montana men's basketball team is now in line for a major facilities upgrade. The program will receive not only a renovated locker room, but an expanded space that will feature a player's lounge, coaches' locker room, and team meeting room. The plan announced Wednesday includes expanded space for the Hackney Athletic Equipment Center, and funding for the $2 million project will come entirely from private support.
1: This ESPN Sports Center is presented by Clark Fork Law. NFL trade deadline, forthcoming, and a birthday that we are required by office ordinance to recognize. It is to tell on 102.9 ESPN Radio. Great to be with you out there on a Thursday afternoon. Hope you're having a great day. The workday is at its end. Perhaps you're on your way home. We thank you for spending some time with us. We're broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula. Highway 83 and Seely. online at kurtzpolaris.com. Uh, if you missed anything in the first hour, listen on the podcast. The podcast available on the TuneIn Radio app, iTunes, Spotify, all of your favorite uh, podcasting platforms. Transistor, how about that? This is a new podcasting platform. I mean, every single day is coming out there. We're in all of them. So go check out the Two-Tail Nuanas podcast. It's available thanks to the Windgate by Wyndham Hotel. If you want to call 329 899 the phone number, all guests, join us via the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. Uh Coulter. Today, 50 years ago, the skies parted, the sun shone down on the earth, and precious baby boy, Brett Favre, entered into existence. Oh, glory, 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 glory be. I mean, I love Brett Favre. Well, you should. He ended up with your team. Well, right, but I loved him all along. How could you not? I mean, I'll do this weird
0: fan thing like you guys do. I root for the Vikings for sure, but I don't really hate anything besides the Bears.
1: Uh, <laughs> and and in this weird. I
0: mean, honestly, two of my favorite players to watch in NFL history are Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers.
1: Uh, Brett Favre brought a uh, a toughness mixed with a boyish enthusiasm that you just that's just unprecedented. He uh, threw what is he second most all time in yards, uh, passing yards. Uh, Something like that. We'll have to look it up. But we know this for sure, Coulter. He's number one all time in interceptions. I mean, what is your favorite Brett Favre moment? How about the last thing he ever did? throwing an interception to eliminate his very own Minnesota Vikings from playoff contention. That is the thing that makes me the happiest in the world about Brett Favre. That was your Burn Street Bistro Burn of the Week. It's like the Trojan horse, you know? He goes to Minnesota and he sinks to ship, although that wasn't until after he had made one of the great plays in the history of ever against the Niners. Do you remember that? Throwing the back of the end zone to nobody. I mean, this guy, I don't even know who the kid was that caught the touchdown. It was a spectacular catch, by the way. Toe-tapping in the back of the end zone in Minneapolis to move them to the NFC Championship game. And that was, of course, the game, Coulter, right, where – all, or the suspension of Sean Payton and Greg Williams and all that came down for you know attempting to injure and and all that stuff. I, I remember that game vividly because I remember going. There's no way he's getting up from this, and he got up time and time again, which he did his entire career. And uh, is he's the greatest? He's the greatest Packer of all time. It's not Bart Starr. It's not Aaron Rodgers.
0: Oh,
1: it's Brett Favre. Really? Yes. Vince Lombardi. No, Ray Nitschke, no Paul Horning? I know them all. Yes, I'm aware. I'm familiar with the history of my Green Bay Packers. Brett Favre is the greatest Green Bay Packer of all time. Wow, that's, a, bol- a, that's he, a bold statement. Here's the thing, man:
0: Is Brett Favre's career a disappointment because he only won one Super Bowl? Absolutely not. Really? <laughs> no, dude. Would you
1: say that 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 uh, uh, really, if Aaron Rodgers only wins one Super Bowl, would you not say that's a disappointment? You know what I would say is a disappointment, Jamarcus Russell. That's a disappointment. Right. Not winning multiple Super Bowls. I mean, sure, the, the Green Bay Packers were favored heavily to win the Super Bowl the year after they won it against the Denver Broncos. Yep. Denver Broncos win the Super Bowl is John Elway's, you know, first one, and we all know this one's for John. All that kind of stuff. Okay. People forget, though, how heavily favored Green Bay was. That's a very disappointing loss. Anytime you lose a Super Bowl, first of all, it's hugely disappointing, okay? Period. But especially when you were the team that you know was favored to win, supposed to win, and and, and they didn't win it. But to go, oh, well, he only won one Super Bowl, and so somehow this is like, uh, this is an indi- I, I I will never understand this. People who think that Dan Marino's career was a disappointment because he never won a Super Bowl, it's, it's ludicrous to me ludicrous it might be disappointing to him that's what you came to do that's what you want to do but you're talking about an individual player and what they did on the football field over the course of 15 years or whatever it was absolute no no it was unmatched and and by the way as a fan the joy of watching Brett Favre every single Sunday can never be replicated the crazy things he do the stupid don't Throw it back across your body, for goodness sakes, again, Brett. Please, my God, don't do it. And then, how many touchdowns did he make throwing it into coverage that went through two guys and still ended up being the most miraculous plays you ever saw? And again, the enthusiasm, the incitement of it it's, it's unrivaled to me. Brett Favre.
0: And I think that Brett Favre occupies a unique place in sports history because I think that Brett Favre was and is Everything we want our athletes to be, and hardly anybody can ever grasp that. Brett Favre was a hard on your sleeve human. Yes, from day one till the very last day, and I know that at the end it got a little bit his Holding his, his inability to yeah. let go yeah. Yeah. was got a little bit exhausting towards the end. Yeah. But think about how much we scrutinize guys. I mean, think. Think about the indiscretions that Brett Favre's committed in his career, from the interceptions to the off-the-field stuff, from sure. all his battles with various addictions to yep. infidelities to you know also I mean, he used to chew on the sidelines, for gosh sakes.
1: Well, yeah, everybody did.
0: Right, but, yeah. I mean, Brett Favre was not living nearly as clean as LeBron James is living, and we kill LeBron James every day on talk radio, and Brett Favre never got killed because I think he was so honest. I think that's what Brett Favre is the He's the he's the he is the definition of every man, mm.
1: except for then the fact that he's got a the greatest thirty arm odd, six <laughs> on six for a right arm. <laughs> right, it's it's true. He is he is he's the blue collar guy, and for him to do like he he would have been, you know, beloved anywhere that he played, but especially you know in a place like Pittsburgh, for instance, you know, in a place like Cleveland, and certainly in a place like Green Bay, Wisconsin. Man, a guy like that goes there, and he is he is completely loved and admired. And I think at a level understood for what he is, you know what I mean? With, with all of the failings, because here's the things, the failings were, were off the field and on it. Right. Like he was, he leads the nation, he leads the the universe in interceptions thrown. Number one, all time, by the way, fourth all time passing yards.
0: I I think that that was what part of what made him so great too, though, because so often, I mean, we have seen this, Let's just take the example in Montana right now. When I was watching fall camp at Montana State, yep. the true freshman guys made way better throws all throughout fall camp than either Casey Bauman or Tucker Rovig when they were battling for the starting quarterback job because Tucker Rovig and Casey Bauman were so terrified of throwing a pick and getting behind each other, That's right. whereas Johnny Knight and Blake Thielen and uh, you know all these guys that no one are, besides people that watch fall camp have ever even heard of, they're redshirt freshman guys that are not going to play for a few years, most of them walk-ons. They made all sorts of highlight reel throws, mm-hmm. and they'd also throw two picks of practice each because you gotta let it. You gotta let it rip sometimes. I think that's the brilliance of Brett Favre is that you, if you're gonna throw into tight windows and you're gonna believe you can make every throw, you really can. But you gotta take a risk. Yeah, and that was where he was so great because he really could throw a pick six and then come back and throw a seventy five yard touchdown. Yeah, he was un, unflappable in that element. But I think that. The other reason he was so lovable, and again, honestly, if you were to hold my feet to the fire and say, who's your favorite football player of all time, I would probably say Brett Favre. Mm. That's coming from a guy who loves physical football, running the ball. I mean, I, I, my favorite football player of all time is probably John Randall. My favorite quarterback of all time, I think, is unquestionably Brett Favre. I love Brett Favre. I love everything about him. Yeah. I love the fact that he was you know, a, a drinking tobacco-chewing redneck. You know, I, yeah. lo- I, I love the fact that he is – I mean, all the things about Brett Favre, yeah. the human elements of him – he He's a tremendous and unique character in NFL sports history. So, so tell me this. I think that Brett Favre has also a unique legacy because I do think that his natural talent is unquestioned. His production is unquestioned. His individual accolades is unquestioned. But where does he actually fit into the mix? Like who's had a better career, Brett Favre or Drew Brees? it's mm, a good question. Right, I mean, I think uh, everybody now says that Tom Brady is the number one greatest quarterback of all yeah, time. Right, yeah, and then probably the number two battle is between Joe Montana and Peyton Manning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then there's a whole bunch of other guys from Fran Tarkenton through. You probably got to throw. I mean, definitely John Elway, maybe Dan Marino, but Brett Favre, Drew Brees, those guys are all sort of in that
1: same yeah. mix. Where is he at? Here's the thing: if you're a first ballot Hall of Famer, I I, I don't know. I don't know how to sit here and go, well, obviously it's this guy or that guy. If you go, hey, here's the, again, I mean, tear it. You know what I mean? You want to do Joe Montana, Peyton Manning. To me, it's clearly Peyton Manning. But, okay. And then you go, okay, well, what about Elway, Favre, Drew, Brees, Marino? I go, I don't know. Give me all of them. I'm not going to sit here and go four, five, six, seven that's the list that he, that's the company that he is in. And I agree with that, by the way, that he's in that tier. Okay. And that's first ballot hall of fame, all time greatness. So I don't, I I don't need to parse it out more than that to try and say, Oh, well this guy, Oh, well that guy, because I mean, that's, it's just going to simply be a matter of opinion. There's no objective way to go about it. Here's what I can say though. Also that I can't say objectively There's nobody that I loved watching play the game more than I loved watching Brett Favre play. So as a fan, then, like he holds a special... And, you know, okay, a Packer fan. That's great. You know what? I was also a Broncos fan. I am also a Broncos fan. My father, I love watching John Elway play. I went back and watched some old Broncos games. Good gracious in heaven, John Elway. I mean... I I think he's still underrated, and he's still regarded as one of the greats of all time. I mean, what John Elway could do, it's it's magical, and you just got to go back and refresh your memory, and don't watch a highlight here, watch a game, watch him go play a football game and see how that goes. Stunning, what he did as a quarterback. So, all of these guys, I loved watching play, but you know... The, the 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 thing that will stand out to me forever about Brett Favre, among many other things, is the Brett Favre Warren Sapp thing. These two guys going on rampages at one another, laughing at each other, screaming at one another, punching each other, slapping each other on the backside. I believe even at one point did not Brett Favre carry Warren Sapp around for a while at some point, you know. And and two guys who love the game that went just so hard at each other in a position that's – it's not quarterback versus quarterback. It's quarterback versus DN. That's where the issues are, okay? that and, and they loved it. I mean, that stands out to me, will stand out to me forever about his way of going about it. Colter, something people may not know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean – I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also have to do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here.
0: We even have office telephones. The only voicemail you have that's not full.
1: That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all, and Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. (laughs) What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called VoIP ergo sounds elegant ergo certainly is elegant it's also secure scalable and state-of-the-art with 24 7 local account management and support if you're interested in learning how ergo can support your business needs visit goblackfoot.com slash voice to learn more one more time it's visit go backslash voice blackfoot takes care of us colter that can take care of you
0: a couple things first What happened to the personalities like John Randall, Warren Sapp, Reggie White, Michael Strahan? These guys are hilarious. They're cut ups. Yeah. Like, what do you know about Aaron Donald besides he likes to lift weights? (laughs) Aaron Donald likes looking himself in the mirror with his shirt off and he likes to lift weights. That's it.
1: Well, I would too if I was him. I
0: I mean, I agree, but that he's so maniacal about his training. It's the only thing we know about him. What do we know about Uh, that? Jadavion Clowney. What do yeah. we know about J.J. Watt? We don't really know anything about these guys. Whereas
1: Warren Sapp made sure that everybody that likes football know about Warren Sapp. Here's the thing: I think that I think that guys are gun shy a little bit because, like, you get the Gardner I also Minshew. Think that,
0: I also think the NFL is just shoving the most easily palatable storylines down your throat because like, where you're going
1: is exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. You go. Uh, all, Gardner Minshew's is great, and he's wonderful, and he's and and one of two things is going to happen. Either either he's going to start to throw interceptions. or... Or he's going to say something or tweet something, and all of a sudden, that will you know be some 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 storm of some sort, and it will pass. But then he's gun shy to be himself, you know, because that that whole thing happened. Where in the past that did not happen, and it 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 is real. What has Here, happened to the? This world? is the thing. This is why I can. I also would say in front of Bart Starr, in front of Paul Horning, and all those guys, uh, I put Brett Favre because. Culture? Do you know what they discovered in the last like three years? What they discovered? Mm. The actual game tape of Super Bowl one. It was gone. That's how little it was like a, a, a thing. Even though it was a big deal, it was a packed stadium. It the guys were going out till four in the morning, walking in, smoking cigarettes, putting their jerseys out on the sideline, and going play football. Like it. On the one hand, the romantic side of that is fun. But on the other hand, none of these guys are the professionals that the guys today are. None of them, great as they were, it was it was club. I mean, it was professional, but it was club sports at a level. It was like adult rec league, just at the highest level that you could be at.
0: Well, we're gonna we're gonna get into Ed Califat in this next segment. Yes, but I read a very interesting article. He, He he played three years in the NBA, and I was wondering why did he quit? What what happened? Was he just not good enough, or did he get hurt? And now he said, "I need to grow up. I'm not making enough money. I want to have a family. Yes. so I'm going to go start a business. Yeah, right. Because the NBA wasn't cutting it. Yep. Because he's making probably ten grand in 1954. Oh, maybe maybe, maybe six grand. Oh yeah yeah. yeah Five hundred bucks a month or something. Right. You know, and they're making nothing. And you no, know, it's it's crazy the way that sports have evolved, the way that different mm-hmm. sports have taken over the public consciousness. Because back then, baseball. You couldn't be more of a hero. Whereas, like you say, they can't find the tape from Super Bowl one, And the NBA Finals used to be on tape delay for the first, right, <laughs> for like, 25 <laughs> years. Right. They didn't show the NBA Finals on live TV until, like, 1984. Right. Which is, it's totally crazy. The other thing I wanted to mention about Brett Favre, when you watch his highlights, it's just like we always tease. Like, when we're going golfing with people that don't golf, mm-hmm. like, well, you know, you got to teach me, and we're, like, we're both like, dude. You got to watch like the PGA because you don't want to swing. You don't learn how to swing like us. Like I, I might be able to get some pars, maybe even a couple in a row. Nobody's trying <laughs> to swing like me. You don't yeah. want. You don't want to learn this. <laughs> but the the one thing that's so unfortunate to me is the homogenization of sports. Like you would never teach anybody to throw the ball like Brett Favre. Ever the triple tap. Like when he taps it right before he gets hit and still winds up and throws that yeah. thing sidearm. Or, I mean, just the way he throws it, the footwork, or a completely lack thereof. I mean, Drew Brees looks like quarterback teach tape, right? His feet are half. Yep. I mean, he's pounding it. He's in and out. Step his back. eyes are, I mean, he looks like a robot. Out. Yeah. Brett Farr is straight playing on the playground. Yeah. And you never teach anybody to do that. But I think that's, you miss the style, the individualism mm-hmm. of it, right? right? I mean, we watch some of these old highlights. Like, you're talking about Elway. Same thing. Like, he makes some throws where you're on the run, you're like, dude, First of all, how'd you do that? Second of all, that's a horrendous decision. But oh. third of all, it's a first down, so we'll let you do it. <laughs> like Randall Cunningham, no. the way he used to wind up. Like I was telling our new producer, Dave, we're doing this podcast series, which we'll give you guys a little bit more info on later, but we were talking about Kevin Criswell, who was a great player for the Grizz, and he was kind of the last throwback guy. Now when you watch basketball, everybody, even Fergus County versus Park County High in Montana, everybody's shot looks the same because mm-hmm. everybody learns the same deal you hardly ever have the funky no reggie millers guys. out there that's what's so fun about some of the the native american teams mm. is that they still have some of that individualism some of the style it's yeah. not the you know i learned this at the university of utah individual camp in sixth grade and this is just the way i'm gonna shoot right I, but that's i think that it's missing i that you know the nba now the talent is so superior and the skill is so superior it's just incomparable so i'm in the same game the rules are different everything's different about it than if you're comparing it. It's like the '70s and the '80s. Sure, but give me some Connie Hawkins, give me some Dave Bing, give me some David Thompson. Like these guys are funky, funky. I mean Julius Irving, All right? Like Brian Fish used to make his team run till they puked if they shot a finger roll. Julius Irving's taken off from the free throw line and doing a finger roll. Yep. You know, there's just the style. I just it's gone by the wayside. And that's something that is it's. It's just the way it is, but it's it's unfortunate.
1: And one is one or 2 Tell Nuanus, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Uh, we are going to have Blake Hemset on to talk about Ed Califat here in just about 10 minutes. Uh, but, Coulter, uh, first of all, let's just uh, put a bow on it. Happy birthday, Brett Favre. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for the memories. Uh, and, you know, here's to the future.
0: Only that athlete that gets a straight-up happy birthday. Yeah. You got to appease some people around well, you Well, I didn't want to get fired, you know? <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> Coulter the NBA, for, for those
0: that don't know, our boss is the, the biggest, she's the biggest Packers fan, but she's also the biggest Brett Favre fan ever. She actually straight up told us that we were, that we had to do something
1: for Brett Favre's 50th birthday is classic on the upside though. She didn't tell us we had to do 20 minutes. That was all me. Oh, well, it was us. Take it us. uh, the NFL trade deadline Coulter, is, uh, just over two weeks away. It's October 29th and there's some fairly significant names that are on the block right now. A.J. Green, uh, obviously been injured, but he's, you know, an all-pro wide receiver. He's 31 years old, so is he an all-pro now? Hard to say. Obviously, he's struggled with injuries, but still outstanding uh, wide receiver. And the way that the uh, uh, Bengals are going, it's full rebuild mode. Jalen Ramsey, we know about his discontent. The, the word I'm hearing is that uh, Jalen Ramsey actually might play even this Sunday. We will see. Emmanuel Sanders in Denver. I'm not sure that he's going to move him, maybe. Stefan Diggs, we know that his... Frustration and getting fined two hundred thousand dollars from the team and and uh, that this uh, you know this past week and then Trent Williams also for the Washington Redskins who has been holding out and is doesn't look like anywhere close to coming back to play for the club so will they try and move him of all of these guys who, who do you who is the most intriguing and also who is the most impactful
0: there's some other guys too worth noting maybe. Uh, Melvin Gordon, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Hold out. Adrian mean, Peterson, maybe. I mean, he's still, Adrian Peterson can still contribute, even if he's not a feature back. I mean, he rushed for 1,000 yards last year. I mean, he still can do it. Uh, Leonard Williams, who's a guy that was a top five draft pick out of USC, who's yeah. been
3: with the never, Jets, never
0: really right? found his footing yeah. with the New York Jets. But he's an unbelievably talented guy who's still really young. So he could help somebody for sure. Um, I think Jalen Ramsey, though, is definitely the biggest piece. Because I'm not sure that A.J. Green's not washed. I'm not sure that Stephon Diggs isn't too much of a headache, at least in the scope of this specific season.
1: Jalen Ramsey's a headache, but he's worth it because he's so, so, so talented. I think the guy who's the most impactful guy on this whole thing is Trent Williams. I mean, Trent Williams is a locked-down Pro Bowl left tackle. I mean, he's absolutely phenomenal. And if he lands anywhere other than Washington, which sounds like there's no other option for him, Uh, then that team is going to be hugely helped by that. I also love A.J. Green, man.
0: You always have. Here's the thing. It's funny that you just think the Bengals are the worst team in the league when you
1: have irrational love of their players. Well, they're not the worst team in the league. The uh, Miami Dolphins Dolphins are the worst team in the league. The uh, Cincinnati Bengals, though, here's the thing. You and I both think about Andy Dalton roughly the same way, and yet A.J. Green's been there the entire time just shredding. And I know that he's... 31 years old and I know that he's injured but when he's been out there he has been absolutely phenomenal and just you know I used to sit there and go well what would he be if he was somewhere else well he might get that opportunity and I still think there's a ton in the tank for him uh we'll do a quick break
0: you know guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula hotel that truly offers something for everybody
1: no doubt it's conveniently located near the airport easy for when your friends come to visit you and you know of course my favorite water slides that's right. They got an
0: awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere.
1: Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They
0: got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests.
1: The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call, very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000, the best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport.
0: Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not.
1: ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Good afternoon, Ryan Tutel, Culture Nuanas ESPN Sports Center, Ed Califat, an Anaconda Copperhead basketball legend and star player for the Minnesota Golden Golfers, as well as a first-round draft pick in the NBA for the Minnesota Lakers, passed away on Monday at the age of 86. Califat was named the number 19 greatest sports figure for Montana by Sports Illustrated in SI's last issue of the 20th century in December of 1999. Caliphant was a three-time All-State selection at Anaconda, leading the Copperheads to a 1948 state title and scored a school record 1,636 points, a mark that stood for 59 years. After three seasons as Minnesota's starting center, Califat was the number nine overall selection by the Lakers in the 1954 NBA draft. The 6-6 center, imagine that, a 6-6 center, uh, 7.1 points and 5.7 rebounds, what he averaged per game in his three seasons in the association.
0: On the heels of back-to-back Big Sky Carver's championships and NCAA tournament appearances, the Montana men's basketball team now in line for a major facilities upgrade. The program will receive not only a renovated locker room, but an expanded space that will feature a player's lounge, coaches' locker room, and team meeting rooms. The plan announced Wednesday includes expanded space for the Hackney Athletic Equipment Center. Funding for the $2 million project will come entirely from
1: private support. And finally, Helena Steer wrestler Ty Erickson closed out the regular season of the PRCA with the number one world ranking. National Finals Rodeo in December is in Vegas.
0: Mississippi. Papa was a and mama was a In Alabama, she was a hammer. Ed you Califat,
1: when you the an all-time athlete from an all-time town. It's 2 tell Nuwana's 1029 ESPN Radio. We're certainly happy to be along with you on this Thursday afternoon. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Thanks for spending some time with us. We appreciate it very much. We are broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway and Missoula, Highway 83 and Seeley online at KurtzPolaris.com. If you want to find us on the World Wide Web, it's at 1029ESPN.com. You can listen live on the Listen Live tab. It's called a stream, and it's there thanks to Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. We go now to the Ragged Brothers RV phone line. We welcome our good buddy, covers all things Anaconda Sports in, hello, Anaconda. Blake Hempstead. Blake, how are you, my man? Good to have you with us. Thanks for pigeonholing me. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Shut you down just to one small community. Actually, you've been covering high school sports based in Anaconda, but all over the place for a long time. And the the big one the big news, the thing that we want to talk about today, obviously the passing of Ed Califat, and you are just the person for it because I nobody has a a deeper hist understanding of the history of sports in the state and especially of Anaconda than you to than you do. But Ed Califat, I mean for crying out loud, is the number 9 overall draft pick in the NBA. I understand it's 1954, but from right there in Anaconda, Montana, and held the scoring record at Anaconda High School, where a ton of great players have played for 59 years. Tell us a little bit about Ed Califat, his legacy, and what he's meant to the the town of Anaconda.
3: You know, back in the day when um, these high school players, they did not play. They had freshman basketball. They didn't play years so these guys set these records with just three seasons under their belt yeah they played a few more games you look at ed ed was one of the few freshmen that actually did play with the varsity team in his 46 and 47 season uh averaged uh 93 points per game in that season he had 31 points to 33 games and and uh he progressed after that but one of the most telling numbers is and during that 1947-48 state championship, that was Anaconda's last state basketball championship. Yeah, so wow. kind of remarkable.
0: Anaconda's such a rich basketball legacy and lineage and just the history is respected and revered and seems like it's remembered more than maybe any other city in, this, in the state of Montana. And so much of that is because of the tremendous players. You put a list of the all-time scoring leaders uh, from both boys and girls basketball at Anaconda High School out on Twitter last night and you recognize every single one of the names. You know the story behind every single one of those kids when they were kids. But Califat's got to be one of the best, right? So what do you think his his legacy is at Anaconda High School? I mean, it's Wayne Esses and him pretty much for that top spot, right?
3: Oh, we, well, we talk about uh, this in high school athletics on building culture. So back then, Anaconda, of course, it's still a sports craze town. It was a little bit different back then when um, when we had the Hill Operational and when there was more jobs here when it was a bigger community. But you talk about how culture builds into the future players. Well, Wayne Estes came along in fifty eight through sixty one, and of course, Ed Califat graduated in nineteen fifty. So you can bet that Wayne Estes was visualizing him to be his idol and looking up to him. And we've heard, you know, folklore about, you know, some of these figures, the way Wayne Estes took those younger kids underneath his wing and uh, Ed Califat was that as well. And I, the most impressive thing that I think I remember talking with Ed, I, I began talking with him right around in 2008 when I was at the Anaconda Leader, when Ellie Hurley was knocking on the door of mm-hmm. of breaking through the barrier. He'd never once mentioned the difference between a male and a female. He couldn't be more appreciative. He knew the family. Um, when he did, that was when he was still coming back to Anaconda and, and when he was healthy enough to make those trips and, and, uh, was just such a gentleman. And, uh, over my years, over the years talking with him, he just loved catching up with Anaconda. And I just, uh, I treasure all of our, uh, conversations.
0: You mentioned when Allie Hurley broke that record, I mean, 1,636 points is an astounding number of points and it stood for in a high school career and it stood for 59 years. And since then a couple have gone on to break it. Uh, but when Allie Hurley broke that, I mean, how big of a deal was that at Anaconda?
3: I tried to make it as big as possible. Uh, She did it against Butte Central. Uh, I still have the picture of the hoop. It's sitting in, it's one of the things, one of the very few things that survived my house fire, uh, to be honest. Um, It's still sitting in my garage, and, uh, yeah, that was uh, real special. And we, you know, we tried to do the same thing when Braxton eventually took that over as well, and uh, he did that, of course, a couple years ago. And um, You just look at the, the difference in the game from then till now, and how long that record has stood the test of time, even with the addition of the three-point line and all of those names you see, it's, it's just really remarkable.
0: i got to ask you about Braxton Hill because he's made the transition. Now, you've actually come over here and shot a few games, taking some photos on the sidelines for us at Skyline Sports, but uh, also been keeping up with Braxton Hill as well. And uh, He's a guy that we talked a lot about on the show. He's just a great athlete, and He he ended up becoming the all-time leader in Anaconda history, topping all those names we just mentioned. Uh, but now he's here playing at the University of Montana, gray-shirted. But then and now as a freshman, he's broken the lineup a little bit, covering some kicks, playing some special teams. And uh, the media, we can't really interview Braxton, but you have a personal relationship with him. So I know you talked to Braxton Hill a little bit. And so give us an update. How's he doing? How's he liking playing for Bobby Houck? Uh,
3: I think he is just over the moon right now. Um, he did not think. One of his main goals, and you and I have talked about this uh, in private culture is When the recruiting was happening, when Montana State and, and of course, uh, a lot of the frontier schools around the area were trying to knock down Braxton's door, it was his love of wanting to run through that tunnel that um, propelled him to do that. And, you know, he broke that that ceiling, I guess you would say, a little earlier than expected. But especially coming off of that shoulder injury that he had, you look at him, he averaged 29 points a game with a torn labrum. And uh, was able to pass the likes of uh Ed Califat, Rob Hurley, Scott Hurley, uh Allie Hurley, that sort of thing. So yeah, it's uh it really remarkable and you know, I talk to him as much as I can and uh he loves it over there and uh I knew he would. He would get into a weight room and get into a place where there's like minded individuals and I'm not saying they're all exactly right in the head, but uh they're in the <laughs> right place with one another.
1: Uh Blake Hempstead joining us uh, from Anacotta. he uh, runs Copperhead Country you can go check that out uh, on Facebook uh, where else can they find your stuff uh, Blake
3: Well uh, right now the website is being redesigned by uh, some kids they uh, they started up a uh, a web business and you know they're dragging their feet a little bit but they're trying so uh, once we get up I, this is one of the reasons why I, I really do this is you know to be able to jot down my thoughts and you know kind of categorize the history of of anaconda and it just brings me great joy to to get out uh some of the information for these anaconda kids a lot of people don't really know them uh until they do something special so it's it's fun for me
1: when you talk about ed califat and and obviously what a great player he is and then he goes and plays for minnesota uh, and then plays for Minnesota again, the Lakers, as the number 9 pick in the NBA draft. And look, 1954, we understand the changes. Actually, maybe we don't really understand, but we recognize at least the, the drastic changes in the landscape of everything, and of course in professional athletics and so forth. But how interesting is it to when you talk about the drastic changes in Anaconda in particular, which has experienced as much change Anaconda and Butte as any place probably in the country in the last, certainly hundred years and maybe even the last 50, 60 years that he marks out some of that from an athletic standpoint. Do people see that analogy? Do you talk about that in uh, you know, when you look at the history of the city and then the man
3: in one of our conversations, he told me one of the reasons why he went to the university of Minnesota was because of a religious background. And I cannot remember the name that he gave me. It was significant. Um, uh, a, a very big player in his own right. He went to Minneapolis, St. Paul, because there was a contingent of this religious background. And, I, and I'm not going to say it. I, I, I don't want to misstate it, yeah. but it shows you why he was so ingratiated in that community because he became, that was his home. So, you know, like you said, he stays at Minnesota and then he gets drafted by Minneapolis. He gets traded to Denver, but then he stays. He goes into the army and comes back and builds his, his career, uh, uh, post, uh, post college, post NBA. And he builds his career in Minneapolis, St. Paul and stayed there until, you know, until the day of his passing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing.
3: He I- was extremely family oriented. He loved his hometown um, when I tried to get him here uh, a couple years ago, and he told me the story about he doesn't fly, and he would summer towards his uh, retirement years into his retirement years, he would summer down in in uh, Snowbird in Florida, and then come back to Minnesota. He would not fly because of an issue, uh, an accident, almost near death experience when he was flying with the Minneapolis Lakers. So, mm. yeah, he, uh, he, he didn't fly at all after that fact, or after that point.
0: Amazing. The lineage of Anaconda, so deep. We'll put you on the spot. Who has a greater legacy, Wayne Estes or, Jim, or uh, Ed Califat?
3: You know, it's crazy, because you look at Ed Califat's mark, he did make it to the NBA, of course. Estes did not make it to the NBA. I think Wayne Estes, because he was, it was such a tragic loss for the community. Um, I think that's why people have remembered it a little bit more. And um, of course, went on to do some great things, went to some great things in banking and um, always stayed true to his hometown. But I think the tragedy part of it, um, Estes would probably, you know, be a little bit higher on that, uh, on that totem pole just because of the upside he had and, and because people you know just weren't really sure what he could accomplish when he did get to the NBA
1: I'll tell you what 1889 a state that's very rich in history. it doesn't get any richer than what what exists in anaconda and uh, that part of the state and uh, certainly from a sports standpoint at califat uh, a a a monster figure in uh, in that like we certainly appreciate you taking the time out and and, uh, and bringing us a little bit of history and a little bit closer to uh, our roots across the state of Montana, okay.
3: Well, and always thank you guys for keeping us uh, in the loop over here in little old Anaconda. And I'll stay pigeonholed. I'll do that for you guys. That's right. Don't you leave it, okay? We
1: need you there doing that. (laughs) <laughs> Blake Hempstead, boys and girls, does a great job again. Copperhead Country—you can see it on Facebook. He's got the Facebook page up and everything, and then uh, the uh, website up here uh, soon as they get that thing turned around as well. You can track all things uh, Anaconda. It's—it it is great though because not many towns of the size of of Anaconda have the amount of coverage and uh, and somebody who's really given their you know their time and their efforts to to. As, as he said, document that and care about that stuff uh, is pretty cool. And that's part of what makes Anaconda, Anaconda, Butte, Butte, that, all, all that together.
0: And sports writing has evolved somewhat, and so much of it's about feature stuff now or you know, analysis commentary. But the most important part of the craft of sports journalism is the archiving of history. And the Anaconda paper went away. So the Butte paper still covers them a little bit. But it's not like it used to be. And so if you lose that historical archiving, that's a huge bummer. Yeah. And Blake is continuing to do that. I mean, he's continuing to archive the history of a community that cares about sports a great deal. And I think that's a tremendously cool and uh, worthwhile endeavor that he's doing.
1: No doubt. Tell Nuanes, 102.9 ESPN Radio. We're going to get into ALDS, Game 5, Houston hosting Tampa Bay. We'll tell you where they're at right now. And also, get you set up for Thursday night football. The Giants, the Patriots, not quite the Super Bowl, but football nonetheless. Next. But know about us, but we work at a company. Imagine that. We don't just broadcast from our bedrooms. I mean, I've wanted to work from home, but the studio is here, and we also have to do sales things, and we also have a marketing department, and we also have a general manager and a program director. We are a very integrated unit here.
0: We even have office telephones, the only voicemail you have that's not full.
1: That is a fact, and it's not full because Blackfoot gives me enough space to have it all, and Blackfoot has all the things that we use for our business to make it run functionally. In fact, did you know that today's phone solutions are changing the way businesses operate? To communicate more effectively with colleagues and customers, companies are turning to hosted voice. You know what they call hosted voice solutions? VoIP. (laughs) What is VoIP? Well, they're the hosted voice solutions that keep up with the business demands. And Blackfoot has their own hosted voice solution, or VoIP. It's called Ergo. Sounds elegant. Ergo certainly is elegant. It's also secure, scalable, and state-of-the-art with 24-7 local account management and support. If you're interested in learning how Ergo can support your business needs, visit goblackfoot.com voice to learn more one more time it's a visit GoBlackfoot.com
0: com backslash voice
1: blackfoot takes care of us coulter and it can take care of you it's to tell new is 1029 espn radio broadcasting live from the kurtz polaris studios kurtz polaris at 2904 west broadway in missoula highway 83 in Sealy, online at KurtzPolaris.com. If you missed anything in the show, check it out on the podcast. Podcast available on the TuneIn Radio app and on iTunes and on Spotify and anywhere else If you get your podcast. You can check out the Two-Tail Nuwana's podcast thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Also out now, episode three of the SFCS Speculators Betting Podcast that Colter and I have been working on. So, uh... Go check that out as well. We appreciate that. Hopefully, it'll be some fun for you and a great way to give you, first of all, the football landscape at, uh, of the Big Sky Conference, especially and uh, the national, sort of the top end of the national uh, FCS stuff. Some great guests in there uh, covering teams outside of the Big Sky Conference, and then also, you know, if you are, uh, you know, you like you like a little action, a little juice on, well, we'll try and give you some insight on that. Okay, there you go. Uh, Coulter, uh, we picked a bunch of games against the spread NFL style for the podcast today. It's on the uh, 2 tail Nuwana's podcast. It'll be on that thing uh, tomorrow. We'll pick the rest of the games then. But there is one game tonight, the New York football giants and the New England football patriots from Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. That's a home uh, favorite, obviously, on Thursday Night Football 17-point favorite over the Daniel Jones-led rookie quarterback uh, New York Giants. People think that perhaps, perhaps Real Belichick might have something for the rookie Giants quarterback. When he's got nobody to throw the ball to.
0: That's right. Everybody's hurt. I mean, Saquon Barkley's out. Who's their of William Gallman. I don't even really know who that is. Sterling Shepard is also out. out.
1: Is Evan Ingram? Evan Are is Out uh the one upside, if you're looking for a golden tate, has returned. But that's his first game back. Uh this will be I think this is his actually second game back. Uh but in any case, yeah. He, he, it's uh the the cupboards are a little bare. In the uh, skill position, offensive skill position department for the New York Giants tonight, and you got a five and zero Patriots team versus a two and three Giants team. I guess if you're looking for hope, if you're the New York Giants, it's simply this: it's Thursday night, and weird things can happen on Thursday night. If I was going to say what I thought would be the weird thing that would have to happen tonight, I would say fifty to zero New England would be the weird thing, not somehow twenty three twenty two New York. Uh, Coulter, when you look at this, say 17 points, you like that number, you don't like that number? I mean, what do you think about 17? Seems about right, even though it's a significant number for an NFL football game.
0: We have been brainwashed by the narrative of the evil empire of the Patriots led by Darth Vader, Bill Belichick, and you know, his fearless knight, Tom Brady. And I think it's it's overshadowed the fact that. The Patriots might straight up have the best defense, defense in the entire NFL. Straight up, personnel wise, execution wise, scheme wise, I think they. I don't know. I mean, you tell me. I think the Patriots have the best secondary in the league. Straight up.
1: I mean, it's hard to argue.
0: I mean, who's who is another
1: secondary that is in the running? Right. I mean, I think. Green Bay. <laughs> Alexander King Shred. They people. don't have a they, smash Amos. Their best smash Amos would be the fourth best DB on the Patriots. Oh come on! No, no, he would. They
0: would. I yeah. mean, Devin McCourty and Patrick the Gilmore, Devin, McC- the McCourty twins and Stephen Gilmore are all better than anybody on the Packers. Mm. Straight up, they are. Maybe they're all overshadowed by the star that is Tom Brady and the leader that is Bill Belichick. But yeah. the Patriots are straight up nasty on defense. But it's not only their personnel; it's also the fact that they can run. They have no identity. That's the beauty of their scheme. They're the only team in the league that can straight freelance. They're going to throw something that they haven't played all year. They'll throw several different packages and fronts that they have not played this year well, against Danny Dimes. Talk about uh talk about a baptism by fire. This kid gets to play against the Bucs and the Redskins, and then he gets to play against the Vikings and the Patriots. Right. Welcome to the league kid well at least he got the right the the, the first buck. right right if those, those were the first, first, first two he
1: might just have been incinerated and just be out you know yeah, just be, be crying that in the that corner would be all that would be all yeah it's going to be uh, a tough i must say i'm looking forward to this game because i have not I, i've seen daniel jones play a little bit but i haven't sat down and watched a full new york giant football game you know stem to stern so after uh you know the big show tonight the uh the watson children's shelter fundraiser which again feel free to come it's free to attend they'll feed you the whole thing auction off some tennis players out at the barn on mullen uh well right now just turn your car wherever you're going go to the barn on mullen uh but after that tonight uh to sit down and go through this thing and take a look at just daniel jones just how he looks you know what i mean because what i've seen of daniel jones has been great he obviously opened like gangbusters has not been as good since then but the giants also are are not very good. I mean, they have some playmakers now on offense. Uh, in in terms of you know, when you talk about Saquon Barkley, I think Sterling Shepherd is he's not obviously like a top ten, number one type of wide receiver, but he's very good. He is good. And uh, pairing him with Golden Tate is good. Saquon Barkley, and then Evan Ingram. I know that you always laugh at me, but I think Evan Ingram is is he's, he's better. He's really better. Than, good.
0: I I just thought I just thought he was. Slot style tight ends like him. Yeah. They just here's the thing. Everybody talks about certain guys like Greg Olson, Tyler Eifert, Jordan Reed, who are injury prone. Guess what? If you play tight end in the league, you're injury prone. Right. And guess what? The craziest th- thing I could say: Evan Ingram at six foot three, two hundred forty five pounds is extremely undersized. He's small.
1: He's small. He's just, and I
0: just thought he was. I thought he was he had to prove his toughness to me, which he has. He's tougher than I thought he was. And he needed to prove that he wasn't going to die. And so far he has, but now he's banged up already.
1: Yeah, he is. I mean, he is injured uh, and and out today. But, all you know, all those guys. But here's the problem for, for the Giants. They're very average on the offensive line, if not just bottom third. And they're terrible defensively. I mean, it's a bad defensive football team, man. And it's a recipe for disaster when you're going up against – a a great maybe the best defensive football team i mean other than other than chicago i don't know i mean and honestly what i saw on monday night san francisco i mean their defense is bad in the bay right now i mean that's that's the real deal but uh the patriots are certainly right there but like you've said coulter how do you go win a super bowl and then just still end up with just the softest schedule that you could possibly put together i mean it's amazing with this team. who they're It's end almost up like playing. they want
0: Brady to go back to back so that he can just ride off into the sunset and finally be gone. Oh my goodness. What if he plays until he's 45 and there he's just is got no rings. chance
1: Tom Brady ends his career with a Super Bowl win. None. Because he's just going to double He'd down. Like, if I can still win it, I can still play. See you in the spring. No doubt. That's it. We I mean,
0: think about all the off-the-field controversy, distractions, all these things that they've gone through, and it's been nothing but fuel to the fire. Yes. No, oh, it's on Brady. I mean, he's just just going to keep going. There's, there's so many dynamics that I can't wait for the book to come out on this whole era in, <laughs> in 20 years. Because there's been a couple times, like a couple starts to seasons, where you'll watch them, and they won't be doing all the exotic crazy stuff on defense yeah. in the first two or three games of the year. And you're like, okay, are they hiding it? Or is Bill Belichick truly just not running it because he truly wants them to start one and two so that he
1: can just light the whole thing on fire and just be like back against the wall, we got to win out, and then they do. Well, they're 5-0 and now, so there's no 1-2 and two start for this Patriots team. The Giants, the Jets, the Browns, those are the next three for the New England Patriots.
0: Man, just roll it. I mean, they, it's like Bill Simmons and Cousin Sal were talking about on their uh, Pick the Lions podcast. Like They were saying, worst-case scenario, the Patriots are going to be 7-1 and at the midpoint of the year. Mm-hmm. And then you could just do whatever you want. You can experiment all you want. You can just kind of, especially cause you're going to have a backloaded division schedule with the division that they're
1: in. They're on the road twice at the Ravens and the Eagles. Those are two quality opponents on the road that you got to go, you know, try and figure out a way. Then they play, they, uh, they're at home against Dallas and we'll see about Dallas. We spent a lot of time talking about Dallas on the podcast uh, version of this. Check out the podcast tomorrow. Uh, and then they're on the road to the Texans. Then they host the Chiefs. After that, it's the Bengals, the Bills, and the Dolphins. And the Bills, obviously, good, but it's in Foxborough. The other two teams, terrible. So it, here's, here's the thing that's frustrating. Not frustrating, but it's just a reality. Even if the Patriots lose every losable game, they're 12-4. and four. You know? They're still winning the division, going away, and probably having a bye and home field advantage. Even if, even if in the games that are the only games against good teams, they lose all of them. They're going twelve and four. I mean, it's
0: crazy. <laughs> but it's the thing is, they always go twelve and four. Right? Tom Brady blew out his knee. They
1: won eleven and they games won 11 with Matt games Castle. With Matt yeah, Castle. Yeah, 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 it's true. Uh, boys and girls. Off to the top of the third in the inning, we send you in Houston. The Astros enjoying a 4-1 lead early over the Tampa Bay Rays. Decisive game five. Garrett Cole pitching for the Houston Astros as the Rays come up to bat in the uh, in the top of the third. Enjoy it. We'll see you out at the Barn on Mullen if you're going to be out there. Looking forward to that. Have a wonderful Thursday night. We'll come back at you tomorrow. Two-tailed new one ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television.
2: So when we found them, we could not make sense Well, you said that we would still be friends But i you Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast. an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not.